0: hey welcome back this is your host Rebecca and you have landed on across state lines for another show this week I interviewed my friend Bridget Uh, Bridget is a former co-worker co-guide of mine she's also a really good friend and an avid traveler she's been all over the world she's also spent a lot of time in Hawaii so she's gonna tell us all about Hawaii about the culture, about what to do when you're there, pro tips, uh, how expensive it is. Uh, She's got a lot of knowledge to share with us. Um, Also, we have a new Instagram page, so if you like the show, please follow us at Across State Lines and, you know, tell a friend, tell your mom, tell a family member, you know, anybody who enjoys travel and enjoys the podcast, I would really appreciate a share. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. It's a great episode and uh yeah thanks again for tuning in welcome back listeners uh thank you so much for joining us we are interviewing my dear friend Bridget uh Bridget and I have worked together go ahead say hello
1: hi thank you for having me
0: yeah so Bridget and I know each other uh through tour guiding we've we've run at least two trips together long trips so we've been to a lot of places together and uh, tonight we are going to be talking about Hawaii. Did I say it right?
1: Yeah, Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, we're going to be talking about Hawaii. I've only been to Hawaii twice. Once didn't count because I was under a year old and I don't remember. And then the <laughs> second time was pretty recently about two years ago. I went to Hawaii for about a, about a week, maybe a week and a half. And I went to two islands. I went to the big island and I went to Oahu and um, I had a great time. So tonight we're just going to chat about Hawaii and learn about the food, the music activities, Awesome. You know, what it's like to live there. So go ahead. Tell me about your personal connection with Hawaii to start.
1: Yeah, so especially growing up on the West Coast, I felt like that was kind of the vacation destination, but it never really appealed to me until I was in college, and there were just super cheap flights to Mm -hmm. Maui from San Diego, and I had just gotten a tax refund, and this (laughs) girl I knew – it was as simple as that. Yeah. This girl I knew messaged me because she knew we both were really passionate about travel and asked if I wanted to go, and I was like, yeah, perfect. So we ended up going for eight days, and we did did a medium of um, accommodations. We stayed at hostels a few nights. We did couch surfing in various parts of the island. So we really got a cool feel of the island in the eight days. Yeah. Um, And I just completely fell in love. Yeah. It blew away my expectations. I think when I got there, I had this impression that it was just going to be a vacation destination, that didn't have its own unique culture, um, that there wasn't a really great vibe of community. And upon getting there, the hostel we stayed at was just amazing. And the island just really welcomed us. I really think like with the islands in a weird way, like if you're meant to be there, you're going to have a great experience. And that's always been my relationship. Like every time I go out to the islands, it's always a really magical experience.
0: It, it presented things to me in a way that mm-hmm. I had never seen before. Yeah. Just the access to nature, the access to wildlife. Like I swam with turtles. Yeah. Like I had, you know, we saw dolphins. When I went, we also hiked on a lava field. I'm so that, jealous. That was so trippy. We, we did this huge expedition. We were there for about a week on the big Island and we, there were seven of us. So it was perfect because we all fit in one van. And we drove pretty far to go to the um, national park. And then that was cool, whatever. But then we heard that we could also like walk on a live lava field, which turned out to be that same lava explosion that happened that like destroyed like half the island or whatever a few years later. Remember oh, crazy. that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So we drove out there and then we had to pay money to rent bikes. And now it's getting dark. And so as like the sun is setting, we're riding these bikes out about two or three miles down the road. And then literally... You see just like a bunch of bikes piled up on the side of the road. So you're like, okay, I guess this is where we stop biking. (laughs) Ditch your bike. And then you you can see the hot lava like glowing and you just start walking towards it over like pretty treacherous lava fields. And we just walked and walked and walked. And then like the earth started getting hotter and hotter. And then like the cracks started opening up and you could like see lava like through the cracks. (laughs) So we could like see the lava cracks. Then we got so close we could like see like live flow and we were like that right on top of it. It
1: was so pretty amazing. Dangerous. Right? No. Oh no! It's so cool though. <laughs> so Big Island's the only island that has currently an active volcano, and so like even though all the islands are volcanic, Big Island is the only place you could ever see that. And now the flow stopped, so you can't see it anymore. So
0: it's done. So it has no. Nobody's worried about an eruption again.
1: It's. I wouldn't even say dormant because it's still so recent, but it's not currently erupting to my knowledge. So in terms mm-hmm. of like seeing the lava flow and you can see the glow in the crater at night if you went into volcanoes, that you're not – we saw the glow, but we didn't actually see the lava flow. And so that's
0: right. really wicked. Yeah. It was trippy. Okay. So so, cool. so lava is part of like some of the natural attractions, waterfalls, like what – What's that like? Like, can you hike to pretty epic waterfalls when you visit? Like, how do you explore the island personally?
1: Yeah. So especially on Maui, it's accessible, but not completely. Like, I would say probably the most accessible island is Oahu. But with Maui, I mean, all the waterfalls are on the northeast shore. And that's where, like, the famous Road to Hana is. Mm -hmm. And so you're driving along the cliffside and you just see, like, waterfall after waterfall after waterfall coming down the cliff sides. It's so surreal. And so, all the islands, like I said, are all from volcanoes. And the way the rain patterns come in, it's like half the island's super lush and half Mm -hmm. of it's really dry. So, perfect for beaches. So, basically, you could go to a waterfall and go to the beach all in the same day, which I think is probably one of the coolest things about Hawaii. Yeah. Uh,
0: Because
1: not many places can you do both in a day. Yeah. And so, you're taking the road to Hana. Yeah. It's just amazing hikes. You're in the rainforest. You're just smelling tropical fruits, getting totally muddy. I mean, it, it rains a lot, obviously. But then on the dry side of the island, there's also really cool, like, hikes through cactus. And you're hiking along the beach and through the lava. And so, I mean, really any activity. And then, of course, there's the volcanoes itself on yeah. Maui and the Big Island. You could go up to the volcanoes and see the craters and hike through that. And that's basically, like, being on Mars, which is so rad. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I would say with Maui, like, especially – any activity you could fathom doing, you can do. You can surf. Uh, Kiting is a huge activity out there because okay. there's so much wind. Yeah. yeah. Like, so hiking, of course, um, anything ocean related. But really, I mean, it's just an outdoor paradise. And the best part is it's accessible year round. It's not seasonal in that way.
0: Well, yeah. So I wanted to ask about that. Is there like a tropical rainy season in Hawaii or not really?
1: Totally. So our winter in the States is definitely wet season. So okay. actually I was just out there this last January and there was eight days where the whole Island just rained and I felt so bad for all the tourists. Yeah. And then the next week it didn't rain a drop for another eight days. Oh, and wow. so, yeah, it was just less consistent, but it's also a lot more temperate during the summer. It can be pretty brutally hot. And mm-hmm. so you just kind of take that risk. Like I always tell people if you're going to go, go like late spring or like late fall. It's, kind of shoulder season and you get a little bit more rain, but the heat's not as bad. The rain's not as bad and the crowds aren't as bad.
0: Okay, cool. So, so shoulder season is like any normal shoulder season. It's going to be spring before kids get out of school. And then the fall when kids like go back to school,
1: especially between Thanksgiving and Christmas is such Mm -hmm. a great time to go.
0: I love the shoulder season of like September, October. That's probably my favorite (gasps) time of year overall. And then to travel it's the best because hotel people and all the resort people they are kind of running like a smaller operation at that totally but but they also they're all know what to do. Like they're all like super good at their jobs at that point. It's usually in the spring, like they're kind of just getting used to the situation and like greeting guests for the first time. So everything takes a little bit longer is like a little bit harder. But towards the end of the season, like everyone kind of has money in their pocket already. Like everyone's kind of in a better mood. The season's winding down. It's just kind of like easier to travel, I think, in the fall. Totally.
1: And the best thing about Hawaii is is the climate variation so minimal. It's Mm -hmm. not like by going a month later, you're suddenly in winter.
0: Right. You know, yeah. You got you got you got some.
1: Totally. It's the best. Yeah.
0: Very cool. All right, cool. So tell us about your relationship with working in Hawaii. Cause I know that you have spent many months on end living and working on the island. So when did that start? And what was your role and how did you make that work?
1: Such a cool story. So when I first got to Maui, we checked into this hostel called the Banana Bungalow. And I met this girl who was working in the front desk. She checked us in and oftentimes like you don't make friends with the people who check you in because they're checking in so many people but for whatever reason she became friends with us and i was like how have you how are you doing this how are you out here she'd been there for like eight months at that point point.
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: she told me about the hostel doing a work trade so 16 hours a week for free accommodation which is nothing and so i got super inspired so amazing and so i i went back finished college Graduated, and then I flew back out to Hawaii kind of on a whim and got a job working reception. So I was doing the 16 hours a week. So with that, you're not making money. So eventually Mm -hmm. I went broke. But when I went back to working reception, (laughs) she was the tour guide. And the tour guide, you made tip money. Yeah. So it was more or less a paid position. And so then full circle, when I went home after working reception, I was broke trying to figure out how to get back to Hawaii. I happened to text her one day just to see like, hey, how are you? How's Maui? Yeah. And she had – she told me that she had just left that day. Oh.
0: And,
1: yeah. From like a, I think a family situation, which I was like so sorry to hear about that. Yeah. Also, who took your job? Yeah. <laughs> she told me that – she told me no one had. So yeah. I message or my manager, I'm like, I will take that job if you just give me two weeks to get out there so I could properly quit my job here. Yeah. And they said, yeah. So at that point – so – Full circle, like she got me the job. She introduced me to the managers, like everything. Yes, yes, I ended up going back out, and that's when I was there for a year straight. And yeah, ran tours. So every day we did a hike, a snorkel, scenic drive. Every day was a different tour, and I did that for a year
0: and lived at the hostel. So, um, so since rent been, free, and then you had like pocket cash to like just you know buy drinks and whatever.
1: Yeah, totally. And uh, what was awesome is during that time. The people who manage that hostel went to open their own, uh, the local Surf Hostel, and they're killing it. And so now when I go back, I'll really work for them and do similar more help out with different things, do tours, help out the yeah. hostel. Yeah. Um, so I've been super, super fortunate that way.
0: And just to give our listeners kind of like a career trajectory, like Bridget has a cool story because you also managed a major hostel in San Francisco after all that, right? Yeah.
1: My friends kind of gave me the experience to apply for assistant manager and then later GM position in San Francisco. And I would never have gotten that job if it wasn't for the hostel experience that I had in Maui. So yeah. complete full circle. And incidentally, doing the tours in Maui is how I got the job at G, which is where we met. So a hundred percent, like this choice in my life trickled to everything else in the best yeah. way.
0: Yeah. And how long did you work at that hostel in San Francisco? 14, 15 months. Wow. That's amazing. Decent chunk of time. Yeah. I remember you living in San Francisco, but you're such a SoCal, like sunny <laughs> girl, you know? So like, it was like always kind of a trip that you lived in San Francisco. Oh, for me too. And and <laughs> I didn't live there at all while you lived there. So yeah, we did. But we hung out a little bit. Yeah. That's, that's such a trip that you lived there for so long. It's pretty yeah. impressive actually. It's a hard city to live in. Did you enjoy your time while you were there?
1: Hard to say. Like the culture there is so cool. Yeah. I definitely struggled with the climate, which sounds yes, so know. trivial until you're in it 24-7. Um, I know. And I think in that regard, living in Hawaii, it's just a slower pace of life. Mm-hmm. And, it's more, and it's really community. It's like you surround yourself with community. And so it's just a different pace altogether. And I think I really like and vibe with that. Yeah. So it was a huge transition. I think I was just like overstimulated constantly by everything In San Francisco?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so,
1: you know, I'm so glad I did it. Like I wouldn't trade that experience, but I definitely prefer, I think, island, like beach living.
0: Let's talk about that. Like I know that there's the expression like aloha means hello and goodbye, but it also is kind of a lifestyle way of being. Can you explain a little bit of that, what Aloha means to you?
1: For me, Aloha is really about community
0: mm-hmm. and what you do
1: for your community. So I think when you show – a like, community isn't just people in your direct social circle, but the island itself is a community. So, yeah. you know, it's showing consideration and respect for everyone within that community. So I do think as a tourist, you can use it, but you're not really part of that
0: community. Right. Yeah. Um, you're just visiting. You're just a tourist. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So I don't think it's I don't think it's not appropriate per se, but I don't think as a visitor you can fully get the grasp. And It took me a long time living there to really recognize all the things people do within that community to show yeah. respect for each other. Especially like right now with the virus breaking out, you know, you see that Aloha playing out with people supporting each other's local businesses, um, yeah. and that really is the Aloha spirit. And so that's that's what it meant to me though is I got to really develop a community there. And even broader than the hostel, just the things you do for the people on interact with on a day-to-day basis. And some would say it's a, even small things, you know, you don't drive aggressively. There's Aloha <laughs> when you drive, you know, small things yeah. like that.
0: In general, you're expected to be relaxed and be chill in general, right?
1: Yeah. And to, I think, just not look out for yourself. I think with Aloha, it's mm-hmm. really a community mindset. And so I think... Mm-hmm. That's where maybe as a tourist, you're not going to resignate as hard with it, where once you're part of the community, you experience that aloha with those around you.
0: And it's super cool. So I know that you met your current boyfriend, your longtime boyfriend slash pilot at the <laughs> hostel. Do you yeah. want to tell our listeners a little bit about that relationship and how that all got started? Because it sounds like you were able to kind of tap into that aloha spirit and meet someone really special. So how did that all go down?
1: Yeah. So I think the hostel and Maui in general is just – like I said, it fosters such an awesome community. My boyfriend, his name is Frank, he was not working at the hostel, but he knew other staff members and the Aloha Spirit was always invited to, like, staff events and stuff. Yeah. Um. So he was pretty involved. And so we met when I just happened to be cooking in the kitchen one day. He <laughs> happened to come in and just say hi. Mm-hmm. And we just – he's, like, he's a total small talker. So we mm-hmm. just had some small talk. And then from there, our friendship progressed and then later relationship. Yeah. And it was so cool because because we were just both such a part of the community. So it mm-hmm. really fostered this awesome environment for us to become such good friends, lay down a really awesome foundation for a relationship. It so how long, long were you guys elsewhere. both
0: living on the island? You said he wasn't staying at, working at your hostel. What was he doing at that time? Like, how was he there?
1: Yeah. So he, when he got there, he stayed at the hostel for the first week. So he was working in an inner island um, mm-hmm. pilot job. And okay. so he stayed at the hostel while trying to find an apartment. And then he found an apartment but had kept those relationships with mm-hmm. the staff members. So he kind of kept coming and going. He was there about two and a half years also like, yeah. consistently getting his hours. But he was such a part of the community. And then when I started working at the hostel, I was a part of the community.
0: Yeah. And it just – yeah, it was a great environment for that. So he was getting his hours in doing like island hops all over the place?
1: Yeah. So unfortunately, it's kind of hard to get island to island. Um, which okay. I say unfortunately, because for like locals to get just to Oahu for say an appointment, it can be outrageously expensive. So there's no ferries.
0: Those...
1: There's a ferry from Maui to Lanai and Molokai, but so there used to be this thing called the super ferry and okay. it went from Maui. I went to all the islands, but basically there was environmental impacts that they have whale migration every year. So oh. they weren't down for that. Yeah. And so in Kauai, actually, when the Super Ferry tried to dock, all the surfers paddled out and blocked the harbor entrance.
0: So what? the Super Ferry
1: couldn't dock. Yeah.
0: Oh, is rugged.
1: And they were really nervous about the whale migration. So they stopped that. So the main way to get around is by flights. Yeah. And so he was doing that. So he'd go like Maui Big Island, Maui Oahu, Maui Molokai and do like eight flights a day, but they were all an hour under.
0: Eight flights a day an hour under. Yeah, just ho- literally hopping. Hoppers, like, yeah. Just hoppers.
1: Maui to or Kahului to Hana was 8 minutes.
0: It must have been good and bad because I imagine that as a pilot, you just have to log hours. So just like when you're working a shift, like you kind of want a long shift so you get, you know, longer, better paychecks. But also like it must have been amazing practice because all he was doing was take off landing, take off landing, which I'm sure is the hardest part about flying. I mean, I'm not a pilot, but I imagine that's like what you need to be practicing. And he got to practice that a lot going up and down, up and down, up and down.
1: Totally. Not for nothing, the scenery – when you're yeah. going along the North of Molokai, yeah, they have yeah. the largest sea cliffs in the world. So just waterfalls, like cascading every day,
0: just- and and probably whale migrations and like all sorts. of Oh cool yeah, stuff. you can see them breaching from the air. So he Ooh. had
1: the best time down there. Yeah.
0: So. Would you ever get free flights?
1: Yeah. So yeah, we d- I did fly him a few times, like to Oahu, and it was really fun because he would fly like a little bit lower. So it's kind yeah. of like a scenic flight.
0: Yeah, that must have been so fun and romantic at the, so you like fun. meet this dude on an island and then all of a sudden you're getting like free island hoppers. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. No, it was so great. <laughs> just falling in love. I remember the first time, this is not a romantic story, but I remember um, we were tour guides in the US and we, part of our job was to sell helicopter rides it with Map with Maverick, which is an awesome company. And they did uh Vegas strip helicopter rides and they all, I think they actually do work in Hawaii. They they do do, now, yeah. Yeah, and they do Grand Canyon. And so as part of our training, they hooked us up all. All of the training staff, there are like 20 of us, got to go up in a helicopter over the Vegas Strip. And I've been in a helicopter a bunch now because of being a tour guide. You get to do stuff like that. The first time I went, I sat next to our friend Kayla – I was really kind of nervous and excited. And I was like, can I hold your hand? Like we would just met that. Week, but I was like, we were tent mates. We shared a tent on our camping training trip. And I was like, can I hold your hand? And she was like, yeah. So we like held hands on this like helicopter. ride, And I was like, no wonder they have so many helicopter rides on like the bachelor and bachelorette. Yes. <laughs> it's like, so exhilarating like you are for sure gonna fall in love with people that you go on helicopter rides with and I I imagine that that's like similar with the with the plane rides it was oh, so fun
1: and it's so small there's there was just a curtain and so when I flew with him he'd usually leave the curtain open so I could watch him fly uh, like watch the controls which hot. was super interesting but yeah also I was like this is pretty cool
0: yeah now are you a member of the mile high club since you have this plane access Bridget? <laughs> We can cut it out if you want to. I think it's so funny. I think it's so cool. I'm not. not. It's one of my favorite stories. It's just so great. You gonna tell it?
1: I probably shouldn't. (laughs) All right. I only say that because if anyone was to track it, I don't think anyone would, but
0: it's fun. So that's very fun. Okay, cool. So I love that. So, And you and Frank are still together and I've met Frank many times. He's cool. Sure eventually I'll be on one of his flights when all this coronavirus Craziness. calms down and we get to be normal again or a new normal, whatever that looks like. I don't want to get too into it, but I do want to let our listeners know that Bridget does not quit. I have like simmered down. Bridget does not quit. Bridget just (laughs) got back from Australia and you guys are like living the dream. Just like in a few sentences, you want to explain to our listeners what you were just doing in Australia before the virus broke out?
1: Yeah. So it's been my dream for almost a decade to do van life in Australia because the working visa is so accessible. And so – Tell our listeners what that
0: is because I didn't know what that was until I was too old to do it. But it may be someone younger doesn't know, and you're going to tell them right now about it. Yeah.
1: So if you're 30 and under, I think 35 for Canada and Ireland, you just go onto the Australian government website and you apply for a working holiday visa. So it allows for you to work up to one job up to six months, and you can work the full year if you'd like. But ideally, the idea is that you'll work there, make some money, and then travel the country. But you're you're legally allowed to work up to a year in Australia. So they typically don't want you working like high-skilled jobs like nursing, for example. But if you're looking to be a tour guide on a boat or, I don't know, work at a coffee shop, a, yeah. you know, in a cool city, yeah. that's the kind of jobs that are really easy to get. Um, like service, like, just like cool
0: entry-level service jobs, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like hospitality, everything, exactly. Mm-hmm. So my goal – before the virus and all that was to get a tour guide position on a boat or something cool like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, So we had started our trip by buying a van over on the West coast and we drove it up and then across the North and Ooh. we ended up in Cannes. So we did about like 10,000 kilometers oh, cool. of driving.
0: Yeah, it was yeah. wild. Awesome.
1: And we slept in the van. We had our cookware in the van. Our whole life was the van.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, I Bridget posted these cool little tours of her van while she was doing it. I want to ask you, how did the beaches in Australia compare to the beaches in Hawaii? What did you think? Oh my
1: gosh, the West Coast was so stunning. Yeah, so stunning.
0: I agree. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's so hard to say. Like, they were both so objectively beautiful, but the Australian beaches don't
0: quit. They just keep going and going and going. And there's the water's so pretty and like. It's so blue. And the sand is – they're big beaches. They're not a joke. Wide and they're long and they go on forever and they're beautiful.
1: Yeah. I think that's like the difference is the beaches in Hawaii are a lot shorter.
0: Yeah. Um, Same in California, I think. Yeah.
1: And then in in Australia, this went on for miles. But objectively, both so beautiful.
0: Yeah. So, so beautiful. I agree. Let's talk about food. Let's talk about Hawaii because I remember – when were you around when we lived at the Flop House in Dogpatch, San Francisco? Were you still oh, working yeah. for you? Okay. <laughs> and um, I remember my first like real introduction to Hawaiian food was there was that place down the street. Yes! Remember? Yes, 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 And we would get like chicken katsu and the macaroni salad. And I feel like was there Jello involved or something like that? I don't remember. Something I think sweet. Sh- shaved ice. I had shaved ice when I was in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So. Is that really what Hawaiian food is all about or is there anything that you miss that you can't get here in the States or on the mainland, I mean? Totally. Huli huli chicken, which is a,
1: a style of grilled
0: chicken. Yeah. Uh, I'd
1: say that's like most authentically Hawaiian. So okay. chicken katsu is totally common in Hawaii. I think where Hawaii's history is really unique is there's been a lot of immigration. So yeah. a lot of their food integrates That's so like spam musubi, chicken katsu, those all – Kind of our hybrid dishes that combine Hawaiian ingredients with mm-hmm. a lot of immigrants'
0: food from back like home. Asian Asian influences too. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah, mainly.
1: And yeah. so a, a lot of food is inspired by that, but traditional Hawaiian food like is poi, which mm-hmm. is like mashed taro. Don't personally care for it, but very traditional and okay. worth trying. But huli huli chicken was definitely my favorite. Um, what is
0: that? Is it spicy or is it sweet?
1: It's like a teriyaki barbecue flavor okay, and they yes. just grill it. It's so simple but it's so delicious and you have a kind of a teriyaki sauce on it. Usually you'll find that especially if you go out toward like a Maui Hana side. They have some amazing – like people just grilling chicken outside and it's phenomenal. Another thing that's really traditional and just delicious there is fish. The fish yeah. is so fresh. Yeah. So I mean you could. sushi is really common also not surprisingly but in the same way I've had fish just cooked on the grill and it just melts in your mouth because it's just straight from the ocean
0: what about pork Hawaii tourism you think like the big luau with the fire spinning and then like the spit roast
1: is that real (laughs)
0: yeah
1: Yeah, so it is for for my understanding I don't really eat a ton of pork personally but I know I've seen traditional ceremonies where that has been done and boars a common, like you hunt, you hunt boar out there. Okay. So I've definitely seen people hunting boar Wow. and using that. Are they doing bow hunting for the boar or are
0: they using like guns and bullets?
1: Uh, using guns and bullets from my understanding, but actually they use dogs too. So it's pretty oh. common for if you're like out kind of toward Hanna side, you'll see a pickup truck loaded up with pit bulls usually.
0: What? And
1: yeah, so those are used a lot.
0: There's, like, kind of a brutal side to Hawaii culture, too, right? Like, yeah, hunting boars sounds pretty intense. I would not want to, like, accidentally run into a hunting party or something like that. No, and that's
1: the only fear with hiking. If you're, you know, if on a normal trail, you're not going to run into that. But if you're really deep into the rainforest, that is, like, a a consideration is making sure you're not on any hunting trails.
0: Yeah. And how do you know? Are they
1: marked? If you see a dirt road out in the middle of nowhere, it's a pretty good yeah. indication it's a hunting trail.
0: Whoa. Trippy. Yeah. Whoa. What about beaches that are for local – is that a real thing like locals-only beaches where if you're a tourist and you kind of stumble along, along the wrong beach, someone might come up to you and be like, get out of here? Do you think that's true or not really?
1: It depends on the area. I do find that there are more touristy areas of the islands, of course. Yeah. And there are more local areas where – Yeah. You know, out of respect – I would probably pick another beach. Wow. Um,
0: okay.
1: So where I would avoid the beaches is private pr- properties. So there are some beaches that are actually known on a more on the tourist trail that are actually on private property. Okay. So I think that's where there's some animosity between tourism and the locals right. is that there's not knowledge of what is private property, and oftentimes you'll see people just blow past a private property. Don't you know? Don't trespass sign mm. um, So don't understand that that actually. Not only They're is serious. that private property, but that's also oftentimes like Hawaiians have really strong relationships with their land. So, for yeah. trespassing on their land, it's not about just, oh, that's my property. There usually is a spiritual significance, you know, deeply rooted in their history. So, it's seen as disrespectful to that as well.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was actually, I wrote down a note. I, I Are there a lot of cruise ships that go into Hawaii? And I'm sure the locals don't love that. Or maybe they do because they get money from it.
1: Yeah, so there's definitely cruise ships that do, like, usually do every island for a night or two. They'll dock in the harbor. You know, it's it's a weird relationship out there with the tourists and the locals. That a, a lot of their economy is based on tourism. But yeah. lately, I, I can only really speak on for Maui, but it's just kind of become inundated lately. So right. that's why I, again, I recommend going to the off season because it's just not mm-hmm. as many people. So I yeah. think that's where some of that contention comes from. Is where's that precipice point? But that I think people don't always acknowledge that that's largely the economy is on so the cruises do come in and they usually come in about twice a week go for the day do their excursions come back so you don't notice it a ton
0: yeah okay we'll see so, so you don't really notice it a ton well, no good, the, rent, the,
1: the rental cars is what you notice because if you go to the islands you definitely oh, rent a car and yeah. so you notice it driving around
0: it'll like that, just flush with like rental cars for a few hours or whatever
1: yeah like jeeps and mustangs like on the road to hana you'll just be going like 20 miles an hour
0: Oh, because it just – there's, like, so many people driving? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just, like – that's just travel in general. Like, when you yeah, go to Yosemite absolutely. or anywhere, it's, you're going to get backed up at a certain point or Yellowstone or any of those cool places.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And it just kind of comes with the territory.
0: So, other than tourism, what are some of the industries that are out of Hawaii? Yeah. So, I mean, there is some
1: agriculture. So, Maui specifically used to have a lot of sugarcane production. Okay. And that was a big staple of their economy. And they recently got rid of that. There is oh. quite a- yeah, so there is quite a bit of agriculture still done on the islands. Uh, Lanai used to do the pineapples. Right. And they still do that over in Oahu. And so, yeah, mainly agriculture. And that leads us to its own issues about how the water's now sourced. Yeah, um, Pretty much it's like agriculture and
0: tourism. So it's not a yeah. whole lot. Yeah. Do you have any knowledge or insight about that whole issue with the telescope tower going up? And like everybody – I mean it was in the media quite a bit that they were – getting – they're stopping it. And I think they were successful. I think they are not going to build that telescope on that on that mountain. Do you know, remember that happening at all? Yeah,
1: I do. I don't know a ton about it. I know that for the local Hawaiians, that was a really spiritual place for them. And so yeah. it kind of went back to the idea of this is our land. This has, you know, immense value beyond just real estate. It felt like another slap in the face to The way they were going about it too, like keep in mind, like Hawaii, its history is pretty dark with the U.S. It was illegally annexed. So mm-hmm. – you know, every time these issues come up, it it just seems like we're trying to take more land from them. And yeah. So I, that was kind of the main contention going on there. Yeah. Uh, That's pretty yeah. much my knowledge about it. But it was pretty gnarly. I mean, they were doing protests up there for weeks.
0: Yeah, I remember. I remember seeing it on my uh, social media feeds a lot. A lot of it. Well, I'm glad that they were successful. Uh, yeah. I don't know much about it either, but just something – My gut tells me that it's cool <laughs> that they didn't, they, they didn't get to build it. Well, at least <laughs> just, I don't know. At least and not it's now. it's cool that
1: they're standing up for themselves. I yes. I think that's yes. really important. And like everyone yeah. deserves to have their voice be heard, right?
0: Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love a good telescope, but um, <laughs> and there's always another way to do it without, you know, pushing cultures in a direction they don't want to go into. Totally.
1: Um, yeah. It's great to put that.
0: For a normal, um, not extreme traveler <laughs> – like you are. Can you visit Hawaii on a shoestring budget? Like like you mentioned you worked at a hostel. Do you have an idea of how much it would cost to stay at that hostel or is it affordable? Cause sometimes like when you're traveling through Central America or Asia, for example, you can get a room for five dollars. And then, you know, traveling through San Francisco, for example, rooms are a private room is like $110 a night. You know, it's like totally. way different. So a hostel in Hawaii or a camping stay or something like that, are there Are there cheap options available? Or is it best to kind of just like save your money and go and really like ball out when you go to Hawaii? Like what would be your advice?
1: So I guess it partially depends on what you're into. So the best thing about Hawaii is that if you're into outdoor activities, they're all free. So the beach okay. is free. Hiking yeah. is free. Where you spend your money is a rental car, food, and accommodation. Yeah. The cheapest – Oahu's definitely the most accessible. They have Ubers, most widespread. They have okay. more hostels so you can get them for 20 bucks a night. Yeah, where Kauai, Valley, Big Island, they do run from like 40 to $50 a night mm-hmm. at the cheapest. Mm-hmm. And then a rental car is a you know, pretty normal price, but that all yeah. adds up. So yeah. I'd say like in that regard, if you're not looking to spend money on activities, then of course, you can spread that money out and make the trip pretty affordable. Yeah, um, Like I said, I went in college and I was yeah. not making much money back then. But yeah. that said, if you're looking to stay in a resort, if you're looking to eat out at night, if you are looking to do some of the like, excursions like zip lining, like that can make Hawaii extremely expensive yeah. really, really quick. So I definitely think it's the ever- kind of trip you're looking for.
0: Are, have you ever balled out and spent a few nights in one of the resorts in Hawaii? Just for yes, fun. a staycation, yeah.
1: yeah, and like with the nice water slides and you like, did, yeah, and the cocktails. It's so nice, like especially when you're there long term at a hostel. If yeah. I could go into an infinity pool, bless.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is nice every once in a while. I haven't, it is. I haven't really. Well, my new, my new lifestyle before the coronavirus, I had a, a pretty sweet setup where I got to stay at pretty nice places. But I was working, so it wasn't like really relaxing like a guest does. But um, I definitely gotten a little spoiled versus our old camping days. Like, I do enjoy a nice view and like a cool patio and like a nice big bed and a nice big shower and all those nice things pool oh, service. Yeah. I love it. I love a, 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 I love a cabana.
1: <laughs> oh, totally. And there's so much good food out there. So if you want to go and ball out and go to some nice restaurants, you're going to get some amazing food. You know, the excursions yeah. too. I mean, you can bike down a volcano, zip line through the rainforest.
0: Well, we, All I of- remember now we did the whale shark or no, we did the manta ray. We went swimming with oh, manta rays. Yeah. Cool. that's Yeah. Good. It was cold. I'm not going to lie because we were there in December. You have to just kind of like wait. You, had to, you you put your face in the water in the dark at night with lights on and you just wait until the rays show up. But when they do show up, it is pretty awesome.
1: That They're huge. Really
0: rad. They're bigger than a bus. I mean, it's insane. Well, but yeah, yeah. That, that was another activity we got to do that was really nice.
1: My, one of my favorite things about Hawaii that I had no idea about was the whales. So the humpback whales migrate yes. every winter. And yeah. especially so especially in Maui. So Maui and the surrounding islands all used to be connected. So the ocean in between it is really shallow comparatively. Yeah. And so the moms come down, they have their babies, they teach their babies how to do like whale things. Uh-huh. And then they eventually migrate back up to Alaska. So January, February, breeches, tail flaps, fin flaps. Um, and yeah. this time I was out there, we went kayaking. You could see them like 100 yards out in the distance doing whale things. It's so magical. Um and so you can if you're out there on vacation, you can do a boat out there and learn about them. It's so cool.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Well, our friend Jackson, he did that as his like income. He li- he That's lived right. He lived in Oahu in an apartment, but then every day he would go down to the marina and he would do like tour sales and they would go swim with turtles and then also wheel watch and dolphins too. You get to see dolphins. And it was right by Diamond mm-hmm. – what's it called? Diamond Head? Is that what's called? Diamond
1: Head, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So I, I did so that pretty. too. We went out for the day. Oh my gosh. I was out on that boat for one full day with him and I felt like I got hit by a bus or something, like the sun and the salt and like being out on the water all day, like it knocks you out. I was exhausted. I yeah. was so tired. <laughs> you, you have to really get acclimated to that kind of like intense being out on the water that much. You build an endurance for it over time. You definitely do. Just, just being there for the day, I was so beat. Well,
1: I think but... this speaks too for the culture there. I can't speak for Oahu because there is a lot more nightlife there you know, a lot of people, you go and have a great day outside. You get burnt yeah. out from the sun, from the ocean, from just being active. And then it's more a place like you
0: go and have a beer at night. I'm looking at a map of Hawaii right now. Let's just like work our way north to south. Like we'll island hop in our minds. And you could just tell us like what the vibe is like on each of the little islands. Until yeah, we get so, to the island.
1: Yeah. So there's eight islands, four of which are the most accessible to tourism. Like Ni'i Al- Kauai, but no one goes there. So Kauai is at the first main island. Yeah. Um, And that to me – So it's the oldest island. It is so beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah. Um, It's it's really quiet. It's way quieter than Maui or Oahu. Right. And just hikes galore. Really, really – Like just so lush. That's like the famous Nepali coastline. And Kauai is a cool culture. So those are the people that went out and blocked the harbor from surfing. And they also have a law that says that you can't build a building – higher than a palm tree
0: oh yeah
1: so it's definitely it's always gonna be chill
0: yeah Yeah. exactly
1: it's always gonna be chill and so then the next main island from there is oahu and that's where most people go to honolulu waikiki and oahu is a blast so it definitely is super crowded but Mm -hmm. there's concerts there there's tons of different nightlife a lot more shopping so it's i would definitely say like every time i got homesick i would fly to oahu for a few days And it felt like I was back in San Diego.
0: Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds cool.
1: And then in between Oahu and Maui, there's a few smaller islands that are a bit more localized, uh, Lanai and Molokai, especially Molokai. Um, And so a lot of tourists don't typically go there. They'll usually head next to Maui. And uh, that one, so Maui is like the in-between. It's way more built up than Kauai or Big Island, but still has a really quiet vibe to it. I think that's why I chose to live there, had a livability to it. Um, right,
0: right. So that, yeah. So it was kind of like the in-between. It's like best of both worlds, but it's also accessible and it has these cool hostels. So that's really Yeah, nice.
1: exactly. So there is like a bar to go to if you want to go out night. And there's also really awesome hikes so close by. And so I thought mm-hmm. it was a really good balance. And then the, the island next to that is Bi- uh, Big Island. So yeah. the island of Hawaii. Yeah. And that one, Big Island's rugged. It's super cool. It's really rugged. Um, It's it's so much land, so it's actually yeah. really, really rural in most of mm-hmm. the areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have like a lot of ranching out there. But obviously, the volcanoes. Like, in my opinion, if you are living where you know an eruption could happen at any time, yeah. like that's kind of badass.
0: Yeah, that is. You yeah, know? that is. That is pretty badass. That is where I spent a whole week. We circumnavigated the whole island. We drove, I drove the whole circumference of the island because we it started fit. and we, we stayed in Kona. And then, yeah, we drove south and then around to go to the, the volcanoes. And then we went up through Hilo and around the top to get home that night. We spent one whole day oh, wow. going around the entire island. I mean, we knew it was going to be a really long day, and it totally was. We were out the whole, I mean, we left early in the morning and we were gone all day. And all night, but it was really, really cool to go around the entire island. But it was, I mean, it's got grocery stores and McDonald's and stuff too, you know, and then it also has like all this like super rustic beaches and lava flows. And we were saying kind of on a golf course. And then we would also go into like the little town and there was like bars. We would do karaoke one night and there are resorts there too. We went actually and like went to one of the resorts and used the pool and everything.
1: Oh, that's And then –
0: yeah. And then like headed back to the condo in the evening. It was a really good time. It was really fun.
1: Yeah. I I think that's like one of the surprises when I initially moved out there was it is so Americanized. But there were – like on Maui, like we didn't have Target for the longest time. And Target came in. I'm like – and party is like, oh shit! Like it's really, it's getting there. But then yeah. also, you're like, oh my god, Target.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, we, you get kind of island fever.
1: Yeah, like getting island fever. Yeah. So when I was out there, like I said, I would get homesick sometimes. I think it was more just I missed. Like I grew up in a really suburban area with a lot of people. Like the beaches are yeah. always packed. So yeah. I did kind of oddly miss a crowded beach. So uh-huh. you know, so I would go over to Oahu and just lay on Waikiki Beach, which has gazillions of people. Right. And I oddly felt right at home. And so I think it's – I do think island fever is a real thing. And I think if you stay long enough and you don't get out and do enough stuff, you don't – like you have to make – it just like anywhere you live, you have to make it fresh. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do think there's a misperception where just because it's a small island that you can't keep making things fresh. But you there's <laughs> so much to see. Um, yeah. But I, I do think that's kind of with anywhere. But yeah, I definitely remember – feeling and you're, and you're far away too. Like, yeah, it's, a, it's island, a long flight to get
0: home to California.
1: They're the most geographically isolated islands in the world. Like when you get really? out there, it, it's so cool. Like, it is a very edge of the earth feeling. I remember like looking out the ocean and in a, in a positive and kind of daunting way, you're like, there is nothing for
0: miles. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There isn't until you get all the way to Asia or all the way to the States. There's nothing.
1: Yeah. I definitely didn't, field a ton, but I can imagine if, you know, if you're living there years and years and you're not going to mainland occasionally, you're not going to other islands yeah. for a while, you know, you're going to want to go, <laughs> but explore some more. Yeah.
0: The, your friends that work and live at the hostel, did everybody kind of go go back to the States like every few months or did you meet mainland people who made the transition to island life that really just came and they like never left? Like did you have any friends that just dug their heels in and just had never been back to the States? Totally.
1: Most of my friends actually were from the mainland and they do go back to visit occasionally. Yeah. But it's just such a different way of living and I think once you resonate with that way of life, it's kind of yeah. hard to go back and be in the hustle and bustle yeah and it's it's so cool when You just go to the beach you just happen to run into a bunch of friends without making plans to see them and that's yes. very much the vibe out there versus when I'm home it's like everything's scheduled yes you know there's a lot of anonymity you have it's not that small town you know small island feel yeah uh, so a lot of people I met dig did dig their heels in and a lot of the locals I met out there they did go back like I think that is you know the A benefit to statehood is the accessibility to fly to the states and explore the mainland. Yeah. So I I definitely think that people who are there long enough, like, to, you know, when you're out there, it feels like a vacation, but to anyone else, it's home. And you could definitely feel that, you know, you have your friends, you have your barbecues. So I think that definitely if you're staying active and doing stuff, it helps with that.
0: Do you see yourself moving back to Hawaii for the long haul eventually?
1: Dude, I would love that. Not growing up in a small town, I never would have known that that's something I enjoyed. Yeah. But it was really cool when you'd be driving around and see someone's car and be like, oh, that's so-and-so going surfing.
0: Like you know who's in the grocery store before you go in the grocery store. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) percent Yeah. I got a little bit of that when I was in school, when I was a student at -hmm. at Humboldt State. A little – not a lot. I mean, it's still a pretty big place but you do start kind of – you kind of get to know other people's routines and notice kind of how other people move throughout their day.
1: Absolutely. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. I loved it. And I do think just the accessibility to nature 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. um, And and it's not a lot of hassle and bustle. It really is a different pace that isn't for everybody, but I actually – when I got home, I remember feeling stressed out. I'm like, okay – like mm-hmm. people are driving aggressively. Yeah, there's too people are expecting way too many errands to be done in a day. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. is so unique, and I, I feel so grateful that it is accessible that I can
0: be yeah.
1: in a much busier space. But there's always the islands that have this They're way different style you. of living.
0: Yeah, it's super you. cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I would love to visit Hawaii while you're there. I would hope that happens. Yes, for us. I I love had such to a good time around. Well, my dream vacation, I know you said it's, you know, best to go in spring or fall, but one of my dream vacations and it's been my dream for years now is to go to Hawaii for Christmas and then hop over to Japan to go snowboarding like for New Year's. Oh, like that a, sounds really. That's rad. like my dream, my dream vacation, my dream winter vacation. So hopefully someday that'll happen. The because... for
1: Christmas is so fun too. You're I on the bet. beach with Santa hats. It's so. Oh fun. yeah,
0: and like the palm trees with the lights and like Corona bottles, not the virus, like with limes. <laughs> you know they had that famous <laughs> commercial. That's like one of their original ones where they're like sitting out at the beach and then the the palm tree lights up with Christmas lights and it's like Cheers, Merry Christmas, Corona style. Yeah. Would you ever watch um, Christmas
1: Vacation when they do melik Leaky Maka?
0: Maybe, yeah. Like, Oh, that I have to always, rewatch that.
1: I always wanted to play – when I finally had my first Christmas there, I was like, guys, we have to play this song.
0: Let's talk about cultural significance. Obviously, Forgetting Sarah Marshall is a big Hawaii movie, and then Jurassic yeah. Park is a big – I mean, I don't think it takes place in Hawaii, but everybody knows it's filmed in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. 50 First Dates. Um, oh, yeah. 50 50 First, First Dates, dates. With, um, with Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. Yeah. Oh, I just re that one. It's very good. I love it. They're love great it. together. Or Elvis. Elvis is huge. There's a ton mm-hmm. of Hawaii Elvis movies. Oh, yeah. yeah. What about the Hawaiian shirts? Do people really wear Hawaiian shirts all the time when they're in Hawaii?
1: Oh, my God. I always laugh. Especially, okay, my favorite is to watch people walk into a luau with Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like <laughs> –
0: because it's everybody
1: <laughs> it's just like you're just like checking so many boxes right uh yeah yeah like no we never like i i would buy them at the thrift store and like wear them yeah. around yeah as like a joke but no you're gonna wear a t-shirt like i'm always so confused when i saw people so, okay legit well, i just imagine like
0: i imagine like middle-aged men wear hawaiian yes shirts in Hawaii. yeah no on vacation
1: like i'd say like, they're going to the luau they're like i got the perfect shirt for this
0: I would love like um, like to see a whole family in the same cuz we wanted to do that when I was in Kona there was a store that had you know all it sold was the Hawaiian print stuff and I was like let's all get it like we'll like our whole crew will have matching shirts or whatever but it wasn't super cheap or anything you know it was like kind of an investment
1: No it totally <laughs> to get, like, is yeah, yeah. i was got mine at the thrift stores well I was last time I was there there was a family who were doing like a photo – like obviously on vacation doing a photo shoot on the beach and they all had like matching white Hawaiian tees.
0: and I love like, it. Ooh, like you prepared for this. Yeah. So um, That mom was like stoked and like ready.
1: Oh, yeah. No, because she had a dress. She made sure her dress matched the shirts of awesome. the dad and sons. Yeah, it was pretty great.
0: That's awesome. Well, very cool. Is there anything else you want to add about Hawaii and anything else that we- you think we might have missed? I think I think we covered a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, I just I really do encourage everyone to go out and visit and rent a car and drive around and yeah. it's great because when you're out there you can support so many local businesses while seeing a ton of cool scenery. Yeah, and I really encourage people to venture outside the resorts. That's the only yeah. thing that is was frustrating was see people who never left the resort when the yeah. island is just so stunning and like I said, there's so few places in the world. Where you could go in the rainforest and the beach in the same day. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I just yeah. encourage everyone to go check it out. Go to Oahu because it's super fun, but I also do recommend one of the quieter islands because yeah, it's way more of a Hawaiian feel.
0: I definitely <laughs> want to go to Kauai now that you said you said the thing about like the buildings not being taller than a palm tree and stuff. Like, I'm definitely into that. That sounds it's awesome. such a
1: local feel there. It's it's probably my favorite island to visit. It's just otherworldly.
0: Yeah, that's a nice way to put it. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time. And I'm so happy you made it home safe from Australia and all that. Thank you. And that you are back in the States and we're going to ride this thing out together. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Everyone hang in there. We will get through this together. I don't think we're ever going to get back to normal, but we're going to have a new normal. It's going to be freaking awesome. Right? We're all
1: going to get there together. Yeah, no. And thank you so much for having me. Um, Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny talking about travel right now because of course everything can't. Like, all, all the borders are closed everywhere. But it gets me really excited talking about it and thinking about what travel's gonna look like when this is over. And honestly, like I with this virus, I'm so curious about when international borders will open up. But yeah, you know, when domestic travel, I mean, I would say like doing that job, whether it be Hawaii or Yellowstone or wherever, yeah, there's so much cool stuff to see in the States. And yeah, there
0: is. I'll be stoked there just is. to travel around that, you know. Well, that's the whole point of this podcast, too, is for everyone listening, the whole point of this podcast is to, like, trick my friends into talking to me, like, to be real. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, I just like talking, and I, like, really want to stay connected to all these cool people I've met over the years. But also, the the goal is, you know, oh, I I never really thought Hawaii was that accessible, so maybe I will... Go check it out. Maybe I can go stay in a hostel for twenty dollars a night. I didn't. I didn't know I could do that, or whatever it is. Or like, oh, I need to rent a car. Like, I'm glad she said that because maybe I wouldn't have known to rent a car or whatever. Like, I just want to inspire people to like actually go out and visit these places because they're pretty. I mean, the states are they're awesome. There's so much to see and do. Yeah, so yeah,
1: sooner or later we'll definitely get, hit the jackpot.
0: Yeah, yeah, and hopefully we will. We will get back out there eventually. I'm gonna when this is all over. I'm definitely going on a road trip for sure. Yeah, Ugh. I can't wait to get
1: back to my van. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah, that's so cool that you have. So, did you buy that van outright, or are you renting it?
1: No, we bought it outright. So that's H- why. How I much did that in... cost? All in all, for like the van, and we didn't. Okay, so it came without anything like any of the decor inside that we wanted, or like the organization setup. So all okay. in all, we invested about probably under five thousand Americans. Yeah, and it yeah. runs like a gem. So That's we're so good. 100, we're 100 not just gonna drop it off and sell it to a used car dealership because it's old. But for a yeah. backpacker, like someone who's looking to do van life, it's now so it not only does it drive great, but it's so set up.
0: Like, yeah, maybe I know I'll take backpackers it.
1: gonna see it. No, literally, I'm like, I'm a, please. when my friends come out so I can sell it to them because I feel good about giving it them. Maybe I backpacker.
0: will. That's you know, like maybe one of our listeners will right. Like you know, eight months from now when you're when you're done with it for real and. Maybe somebody listening will be like, "Oh, hey, Bridget, I was I heard about it on the podcast." <laughs>
1: call me, beat me if you want to reach me. I got you. Yeah, yeah.
0: call me, beat me. I love it. Okay, all right, I'm gonna let you go for real. We're gonna say bye, and um, I really appreciate you. And yeah, it's gonna awesome. Thanks, Thanks for
1: having me on. I miss you. Yeah,
0: I miss you too. I'll, we'll see each other soon. All right, ciao. Bye. Bye. bye.